Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. My name is Thomas Majors, and I'm joined by David Haynes. And we are at First Baptist Church of Nettleton. We are meeting here today to record our podcast, and we're very thankful for the church for allowing us to use some of their facilities. David and I are going to be talking about adoption today. That's right. And so adoption is important, and I think it's important for two reasons. And one of those reasons being that the Bible, especially the Old Testament, and at least one verse in the New Testament, tell us that God cares for the orphan. And we would describe that as orphan care. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 through 19, we have these words. It says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So show your love for the alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. So automatically we know that God executes justice for the widow and the orphan. He provides food and clothing to the widow. And then he says, so, so show your love for the alien and implied from the text, the widow and the orphan as well. Of course, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, that great passage says, Learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. So in contrast to the wickedness of Judah, the people were to do good. How were they to do good? They were to do good by defending the orphan, seeking justice, reproving the ruthless. Then, of course, in James, James chapter 1, verse 27, moving to the New Testament, James said this, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So what does God want us to do? Or what does God approve of as far as our practices go? Visit orphans and widows and to remain pure. I would say this about orphan care, and especially with those just few verses that I looked at. God demands the church or you could say the eschatological community, whether it be the Old Testament community or the New Testament community, perform orphan care. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, God commands it. So automatically we know that God commands orphan care and he cares for it. So adoption is important because of that. Adoption is also important because it is a theological concept. And David's going to talk about that as a theological concept. Yeah, that's right, Thomas. It really is. Every Christian has been adopted, we might could say, and some theological concepts that go along with that are supported with Scripture. Ephesians 1.5 says that God predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. So in God's plan, adoption is part of His redemptive plan. Galatians 4 verses 5 through 7 says that believers in Jesus are no longer slaves, but we are actually sons. And because we're sons, we can cry out, Abba, Father, that that most unique and intimate cry out to the Lord. And then John 1 12 says that we have the right to become children of God by believing in the name of Jesus. Because of our belief in the name of Jesus, we can be adopted spiritually into the family of God. Well, Thomas, we have a very special guest with us. And really, this guest is while we're sitting here in Nettleton, Mississippi, because he's a Nettleton guy. And we really wanted his perspective on this idea. 
Thomas, as you and I tossed around this idea, we said, there's one guy, there's one pastor friend of ours that if we can talk with him, he we would greatly benefit our podcast. And so Wes Stevens, our pastor brother is right here with us. Wes, if you will, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're here with us today. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys allowing me to join in with you today. Um, I said, I'm Wes Stevens, a pastor at Jones Chapel Baptist Church, just right down the road here in Nettleton. And um, I've been full-time ministry, vocational ministry for about 17, I guess going on 18 years now. I served in student ministry for years and have been pastoring now for several years. And um, yeah, this, this, this idea, this topic, this doctrine of adoption is, is very personal to us. Uh, it's rooted uh, in our, uh, my wife, whose name is Elizabeth. Um, we, it's been rooted in our story very early on. Um, and, and so uh, even early on, uh, she, before we were married, we were discussing this issue. She was, was told by doctors that she would probably not be able to conceive. Uh, and so even then we were talking and, and, and God's grace, we were later uh, able to have two children uh, by natural birth. Uh, but after that, we, we began to, to pray again. Lord, just begin to deal with our hearts kind of separately. Uh, we sat down for supper one night and the topic came up and it was clear that God had been working on her just as he had been working on me. And, and even uh, some of the verses that you guys already read were, were just God was using to stir our hearts for his heart. His heart is to care for the most vulnerable. His heart is to, 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 for his people to, to rise up and, and see those around them that are most vulnerable. And those people who are most vulnerable are clearly defined um, in Old and New Testament as the widow, as the orphan, as the, the traveler, the one, the sojourner who doesn't have a place to lay his head. And so, so, so yeah, that, that's been on our heart for a long time and uh, looking forward to sharing with you guys about our journey. So, so you had mentioned some of the verses that we read resonated with you. Can you, can you kind of transport us back in yeah, time sure. to maybe a verse or two that really stood out to you and how God used that verse in your life? Yeah, for sure. So in my quiet time, I can remember being just, uh, just sitting down and going through the book of Isaiah and, and, and Isaiah one that, that you read, you know, Thomas that, that God had a heart. Uh, he was calling Judah to turn. He was calling Judah to turn away from their wickedness, to, to walk in his will. And, and what did that look like? What was the fruit of walking in the will of the Lord? Not only were they to follow after him, but he had he had demands upon their lives. If they were going to honor the Lord, they were going to care for the most vulnerable. They were going to care for the widow. They were going to care for the orphan. And, and, and as I read through Isaiah and other Old Testament, I would see that repeated over and over again. You would see whatever the issue was, often God would just drop that word and make sure you're taking care of these people. Make sure that you're living out your faith by taking care of these folks. Uh, around you, and so then, well, I was I was in James, of course, and, and working through um, James in James one twenty seven. That you also read that pure and undefiled religion before before God the Father is to is to care or to visit uh, the widow and the orphan, and that verse really just struck us. You guys that that walk with the Lord, you know, at times the Lord just takes a particular verse or passage and and He just presses that on right. your heart, and He was pressing that verse on our hearts, and we realize. We have to do something, and and so we begin to pray. What is it? What does that look like? And and for us, it we ended up uh, uh, feeling like God was calling us to adopt, uh, and then we we that process we, we sought out a, a Christian organization uh, that helped us do that. 
Uh, we, we use Bethany Christian Services out of Columbus. There's a lot of other great Christian organizations that do that, but that's just kind of where we ended up and that we began the process with that organization. Uh, so, but, but the whole thing from the very beginning was rooted in the gospel. It was rooted in the fact that, that as, as David read, that because God adopted us, because he took us from outside of his family, by his grace and by his love brought us into his family and, and to treat us as sons and daughters uh, as if we were born there. That's the beauty and the glory of adoption in the gospel. That truth pressed upon our souls that, you know, we have to, to, to reciprocate that, to reflect that in, in the way we live to, to do that for somebody else. So, um, yeah, that's where. Wes, let, let me ask you this. Sometimes whenever the will of God is being revealed to us through scripture, through prayer, through family devotion with our spouse or children, whatever the case may be. Sometimes when God's will is being revealed, it seems overwhelming. God, yeah, are you sure about this? Was there an overwhelming aspect to the idea of adoption? For sure. Absolutely. Um, but so is everything just about God leads <laughs> yeah. us into, right? That's right. Uh, you know, if, if you feel constantly overwhelmed, you're probably in a good place, right? Yeah. Because you're, you're crying out for the Lord's help every, every moment. So, but absolutely it was a, it, and, and you know, you have, you've heard all the stories of well, somebody went to China or somebody went here and, yes. and then, you know, all of the years and the struggles and the cost and all those things kind of, kind of begin to rush, you know, what, what does this look like? And so, and it, but it's just like anything else as you are following and seeking the Lord's will for your life. It's a step-by-step. It's a, it's a faith step-by-faith step and, and, and letting the Lord lead. And, and the Lord did. He, like I said, he led us to a particular organization. Uh, the lady we worked with, her husband was a pastor. She was a, just a great resource who loved the Lord and loved people and was able to answer some of those fears and concerns for us. And, you know, we, we started looking in international adoption, thought that's what we needed to do. The Lord closed that door. Uh, I tell you, it's a funny story. We were looking at a a country, and this country would be considered, I guess, third world or developing country. And we sent in our application, and they said, "You don't make enough money to adopt from our country." So, so I was that's like, "Well, terrible. that's great. We're that's we're too Baptist poor." Preacher. Yeah, I'm the Baptist preacher. We're too poor to adopt from a developing country. So anyway, um, that was encouraging. But but God had a plan, right? And so and and the, the next day, our our little lady, her name is Miss Lynn. She said, "You guys are perfect for." Domestic adoption. I said, okay. So we took a day, I think, and just prayed about it and said, well, okay, that's the door that's open. So we ended up, the Lord steered us to uh, domestic adoption. So we were looking at children in the United States, and uh, that's what we ended up doing. God opened the door for us to go that way. So you started with Bethany. I, I, that was the phrase that you had kind of used. We started with Bethany. So and were we you continued able- with Bethany, but they just, we transitioned our focus. Right. Were you able to adopt a child through Bethany? Yes. Yes, we were um, in the process. And my wife can tell you the days, like how many days. It was over two years, two and a half years, I think, from the time we first signed paperwork to bringing John Michael home. And so um, it's, it's a, a little bit of a contrast. Typically in international adoption, you're, you're, you're looking at children that are waiting, that are in orphanages, or they have some kind of uh, physical issue and, and, and you're waiting. And so you're in a sense, and this is maybe not the right word, but you're picking or choosing carefully, you know, prayerfully what, who, who and where, but in domestic adoption through, through the ministry, through the, uh, through Bethany, it was very opposite is we basically wrote a profile uh, of who we were and our family and uh, 
uh, or we, our two other children and our heart and what we were, why God had led us here into this process. And so when the people at Bethany who offer counseling for, you know, birth mothers and as those ladies would come and if they chose adoption, then they would give them the option of looking at these profiles and saying, would you like to choose the family that you want your child to go to? So it's very different. Um, and so through that process, as I said, our, our, our adopted son, John Michael, his birth mom laid out some parameters and said, this is who I'm looking for. And it just kind of fit for us. And so the Lord put all that so together. So she picked you guys. Well, she, in a sense, she did. Um, she gave, uh, there's a lot of, a lot that went on in that process, but she, she basically gave some criteria. This is what I want. And that criteria fit us. So you began this process through private means, but now today you are going through not, not a private agency, but through a government agency. Yeah. So, so now we are, uh, we, we have one adopted son. I said, his name is John Michael. Uh, he is now five years old. He is fun looking for a place to happen, man. Just a <laughs> lot of it. He's a lot of excitement, very charismatic. Um, he, he told me the other day that he, he'd kind of gotten in trouble with a couple of our foster boys. And I said, tell me about that. He said, oh, dad, We've worked it all out. It's all in the past. So, praise, the Lord. praise the Lord. So I said, it sounds like a theologian, but anyway, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And, and, and God has just used him in a lot of amazing ways in our life. But, but yeah, so, so now, you know, he, he's our only adopted child. However, for the last four years, we've been involved in foster care. And again, this was a very similar process where James 127 is still resonating in our hearts. Right. This, this care, um, and a lot of it had to do with us learning the need. Um, uh, Share with these guys earlier that that I saw um, uh, the state of Mississippi. Of course, where we're at is in Mississippi. So the state of Mississippi puts out a a printout every couple of months that gives the exact number of kids in foster care. And as of January 1, 2020, there were four thousand two hundred and fifty six children in custody in foster care in Mississippi. Uh, Seventy four in our county, Monroe. Um, I think one over 150 in Lee County, 74 at Awama County, Alcorn County, 98. I don't know a lot of you guys are, are, are there in these counties. And, and so God, just the overwhelming need really began to, to, to deal with our hearts. That, okay, if we say we love the Lord and we say we're following him and this is his heart, uh, is to care for widows, to care for uh, vulnerable children, um, then we've got to do something. So again, very similar process that we prayed through and, and the Lord opened the door for us to, to begin as a, a foster family. We've had two placements. Um, the first place that were twin brothers and we were able to keep them about a year and a half and they were adopted by some extended family. They're doing fantastic. They're doing great. Uh, these boys, we've our, our three brothers that we have now and, and they're still in the process. We're prayerfully hoping mom and dad are able to bring them home. Um, but we don't know. So we're just kind of in the process. So waiting. And we had this family, these boys again for about 17 months, I think. So, so you guys hope to see the initial family restored. Absolutely. And for those kids to go back home, right? I believe every, every kid needs their mom and daddy. Yeah. They need their mom and daddy walking with Jesus. They need their mom and daddy doing well, but every kid needs their mom and dad. And if any way possible, uh, we want to assist any way we can in helping the family be restored. And, and to seek the Lord together as a family. And sometimes that happens. But guys, as you know, in ministry, sometimes that doesn't. And, and sometimes, and when that doesn't, I feel like we're called to help 
help these children um, find where they need to be. Wes, whenever you guys first adopted John Michael, whenever you guys adopted him, how old were your biological children and how did they respond to that? So we brought John Michael home in May of 2014. So um, five, my, my, my daughter at that time was five and my son was three. Okay. So, so they were still very young. Um, but yeah, they, they were, they were all in from the beginning. It was, uh, it was, it was good. Before we move too much further in, in some of our questions, before we ever hit record, you had said something that I just want you to explain again for us, because obviously it wasn't recording. And that was that foster care isn't just about ministering to the child. It's ministering yeah, to yeah. the family. And, First thing about all of that, and as you guys know, is in any ministry is messy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. People are messy. I'm messy. I need grace. I need Jesus every second of every day. And so when you're dealing with people, things can be messy. The situation with these boys, we've had a tremendous opportunity to, uh, the family has been very open uh, for us to talk to them and visit with them. They've, they've visited with our church. They've been, uh, attended our church, you know, several times to see their kids. And, and, and so I would just, if you guys are listening, I would just tell you what a tremendous blessing our church family has been because our church family has embraced this call on our lives. And so they they assist us in so many ways, whether it's clothes or food or, or babysitting so we can have a break. But our church family from the beginning, we talked about this, that when, the, when, when and if these families come in our church, that we're called to minister to them. We're called to love on them, to to, to share God's grace with them. Uh, I've seen our church be very generous uh, with different families and helping them along on some different things. But so, yeah, we, we attempt, uh, if, if possible, to, to minister to mom and dad or mom or whoever's there and, and with the hope and prayer that, that they could, could get in a right relationship with the Lord if they're not and walk after him and then us as a church support them. And of course, we know the what, what our kids need more than anything is for, for us to follow Jesus, mom and dad to follow Jesus. And so what that's our prayer and that's our hope. And so we have had opportunities uh, along, uh, even our last placement, uh, though those boys were adopted, we still have some contact with that family, built relationships with that family. And uh, over time, they, 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 they realized we did love them and we're just trying to take their kids. You know, we were trying right. to help them. Uh, but like anything, that, that takes time to develop that trust and, yeah, the foster care is a open door of ministry for the local church. It really is where the rubber meets the road in some ways. Wes, I want you to think, as I'm a dad and I'm a pastor, one of the highlights of my ministry was baptizing my daughter back, oh, it has been 10 years or so ago now. But I, I want you to think in your mind, whenever it comes full circle and adopt a child or a foster child that you have been dad to. They place faith in the Lord and you're able to wade off in those baptistry waters together and baptize that young man or that young lady in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dude, how cool will that be? Yeah, it's, uh, I said, John Michael's five, and so he's yeah. he's not there yet, but I can't really imagine that other than to say, I don't think it will be very different than my other son, who yeah. I do have the privilege to baptize this past year. And uh, I was, I meet with a group of guys on Thursday morning at our church, just a prayer group. And uh, uh, we've been studying through, just happened today. We're studying through J.I. Packer's Knowing God. And the, and the chapter this morning was on adoption, on being sons of God. And 
and I was sharing with them um, about the baptism of my of my oldest son. What a joy that was! But but unbelievable. Like just to be honest, there's a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear in my heart as we entered into adoption. Well, will I be able to love this kid the same way that I love the kid that was born to me? How how does that work? And in an amazing way that I can't explain, the love is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same place. And uh, I think that's just a grace of God. And so I, I think it would be just as exciting as it was to, to baptize my, my oldest son. Yeah. Let's step off into some, uh, some deeper waters, okay? We're three white guys, but God has called us, demands of his eschatological community, take care of orphans. It's orphans of any race. I don't know John Michael. May I ask, was that an interracial uh, adoption? It, it, John and, Michael is African-American, right? So, and so I think the word in the adoption community is transracial, mm-hmm. that it's a transracial adoption. Okay. And, and you guys know, I was raised in North Mississippi. And so are you guys around your churches here and, and, and you guys know the culture here. And, uh, and so there were some issues along with how there's this, this, bright white family, if you will, with this little brown baby. And, and, uh, and so we have walked through some things and I'm sure there will be more to come, but overall it's been incredibly positive. Uh, there were some struggles and, uh, there were some struggles with people in my family. Okay. Just to be very honest with you that said, what are you doing? (laughs) Are you sure this is something? Um, but, but if I could not be critical of anybody else and just tell you a little bit about the things God did in our heart before we got there, um, I've been in, at that time, been in ministry for whatever, 12 years, 13 years, whatever, uh, preaching the gospel to, and, and, and having a burden to, to reach people of, of every race and nation, you know, and, and all of the world preaching the gospel of, of, from a variety of, of ethnic backgrounds. But when we started the process, um, there is a, in the, in the, in the process of domestic adoption, there was something very unique that I didn't know until we got in is that, we had a sheet that we fill out, white piece of paper. It had all of these things on it, and it was called a preference sheet. And so as prospective adoptive parents, there were three categories on that sheet. No, yes, and will consider. And under those three categories, there was probably 50 different things. And it would say something like birth mother struggled with addiction. So Yes, we would consider a child coming from that situation. No, we would not consider that child or we will consider. And as you know, there's all different things, everything from things like that to the child has this um, medical condition that may be a very severe condition. So would, yes, were you open to that? No, or you get the idea. And so on that sheet, there is also a sheet for race and ethnicity. Would you consider a child of a different race? And to be very honest with you, when we started the process, we didn't know if we could handle it um, in the culture that we lived and, and where we lived. And so as we started that process, we were not open to every child just because we were struggling, to be honest. We didn't know. We were prayerfully struggling. And But over time, and, and you guys, I'm, I'm a Baptist. I'm not mystic. I've never heard God speak in an audible voice. But I do know the Holy Spirit presses things upon our heart. And we were... I don't know, a year and a half in the process or more. And and we were sitting at a, I can tell you, the restaurant in Tupelo. Me and my wife were sitting in the car. And and that issue came up, that idea. I was struggling. How how can I pick and choose? How You know, I was struggling with it. And I felt the Lord just kind of press upon my heart this thought. 
I took you just the way you were. How can you not be willing to take some child just the way they are? And so as I shared that with my wife, we're weeping, <laughs> you know, crying. <laughs> what we're terrible people, God help us, you know. So uh, you know, and uh and so from that conversation, we called our lady, Miss Lynn, and said, Look, just we're open to any child, any medical issue, any race, any issue, any problem. We just want to say yes to Jesus and, and whoever God's come in our life. And so, and it was just again, let's continue the days, but it was just it was really soon after that we got a call that John Michael had been born and um they felt like he was a fit for our family. So uh yeah, it was it was one of those moments where again the gospel that we say right. we believe and we preach had to be applied to my heart. And Wes I- I know in our lives, we continue to grow in the Lord and grow with the Lord. So let me ask you this question. How has the adoption and foster care avenue of your life changed you as a father and a husband? Man, that's a good question. Um, we've grown. I say that to me and we have grown. Anything worth doing is hard. It's hard. and Foster care, I think even more than adoption, is hard. It's been hard on our marriage at times. It's been it's been tough for our our other children at times because they're sharing mom and dad, you know. But ultimately, it has been good. It has been really good. It has caused us to 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 really see the world in a different way. That is, we're when we're looking at children and we're looking at at things around us, we see that from a different view. We see that from a different way, and we see what's going on there, what's happening at home, maybe. Maybe those kids will be kids we can help at a certain time. And so um, it's deepened my marriage. Uh, it really has. I said it stretched us. <laughs> it is stretching us at times, you know. But we have learned uh, to try to encourage one another or when one of us can see the other one about to break <laughs> or, or say things they shouldn't say, um, we try to relieve one another, you know, but it's, it's been good overall. And, and one of the most encouraging things is after our first uh, foster care placement, you know, we took a, a, just a few weeks. We we're planning on taking a couple months. We took two or three weeks and before we got another call. And so we sat down, our three children, we sat down, uh, uh, Riley and Seth and John Michael, and I said, okay, we have another call. Uh, there's some kids in care that, that need to be placed. Are you guys ready? Are you guys open to doing this again? And to my surprise, all of them were very much on board. Really? Yeah. And so yeah. that was a good moment for us to say, okay, maybe we are doing the right thing. Yeah. Because as parents, we're, a lot of times we're thinking, is, is this hurting our children in some way? Or, or they're, maybe they're not getting the attention they need. But it's just like anything else, man. When the Lord puts something in front of you, He's providing and He's working. We talk about providing. Let's. Uh... Let's just talk about the cost real quick. If you if you don't mind, you don't have to be personal, just general experience. The cost of adoption through a private private agency, uh, kind of give us an overview of that, and maybe even through a government agency. And are there helps for people along the way as well? Yes. So I know our journey, and and so with domestic adoption. Um, you're typically, this is estimates, of course, you're typically looking at twelve to $20,000 through a local agency. Now they can, you know, you can arrange private things when somebody else is working out all the details through a lawyer or whatever, there may be less. But typically if you're, 
if you're using a, a an adoption agency and working through their processes, it's going to be somewhere in there. And for us, as I shared with you guys before we got on, I mean, when we adopted John Michael, I'm pastoring a church with a medium salary. My wife has chosen to stay home. And so we couldn't afford it at all, you know. But what we did learn is as we got in the process, as always, the Lord provided, we were able to get grants from a lot of great organizations who support adoption. Um, people in our church family that were just gracious to, to help us along the way. And so uh, I, I can't tell you again the, the exact number, but we weren't out of pocket very much along the process. Um, now, that number changes drastically when you talk about international adoption, and each country is specific. Like some countries, you may have to go only once. Some countries, you may have to be in country three separate times. And so you have airfare, you have all that stuff. So it's really just on up from there depending on country and, and the situation. Um, but when, when somebody that I think is genuinely interested in adoption asks me about it, I would I always tell them to consider foster care. So foster care, you, you can't go into foster care thinking, well, I'm just going to go find me a kid to adopt. You have to go into foster care thinking these are kids that are struggling, they're hurting, that are vulnerable. God's called me to minister to them. But out of that, so often, uh, most every foster family I know has either adopted a child out of foster care or had the opportunity to if they if they felt led. So, and if it happens through foster care, there's basically no cost. The state just takes care of all the cost, and so there's no a fees or anything like that. And even if you're fostering, uh, the state provides a, a small stipend each month for the child, which covers basic needs. And so. Um, if, if money is a concern, I would just encourage you to pray about foster care. But, but again, you can't go into foster care saying, I'm going to go pick out a kid to adopt. You have to go in saying, you know, the goal, the official goal of state of Mississippi's foster department or, or a CPS, uh, Child Protective Services, their, their initial goal is always reunification with a birth family if possible. And so you have to embrace that if possible. We're going to try to help them. But the reality is most everybody that I know in foster care has had opportunities to adopt out of it. So um, it's a couple of different ways. Wes, let me ask you this. If a family is listening to this podcast and they're actually considering adoption, they've been praying about it, they feel the Holy Spirit impressing it upon their hearts, what are the first steps they should take? Number one, and you said this, is feeling a strong sense that God is leading you to do this. Of course, we're all pastors. We're coming from a Christian worldview. And I would say as a Christian coming from a Christian worldview, you need to be settled that God is leading in this direction. It's not just something that you're doing because it's becoming popular or your friends did it. Right. Uh, it, it in fact, adoption has become more mainstream than it was just 10 or 15 years ago, right? So, and that's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing. But you need to be convinced, okay, God is leading us into do this. And there is a strong theological foundation for what you're doing. Because there'll be times where if you're not convinced God's called you to do it, you're going you're gonna to back out of it. So, um, so that's the first thing is have that strong sense of call. And then the second thing is, is really prayerfully deciding the avenue. Do you feel like God's calling you to go international? Do you feel like God's calling you to go domestic? And, and if that is, then there's great organizations. Like I said, I know uh, New Beginnings is a great organization in the Tupelo area. So we use Bethany. There are other great Christian organizations that, that are helpful, and they'll just talk with you. They'll just give you all the details about the different uh, avenues that you can pursue adoption through. And so I would encourage you to talk to somebody like that, that would be able to give you encouragement. Um, and, and then the, again, the third thing and where God has really brought us is, is pray about foster care. The need is tremendous. The need is tremendous everywhere that, 
I know of, everywhere in the country, um, a lot of that need is stemming from the growing drug issues in our communities. I know you guys are like us. I deal with somebody on a weekly basis probably that's got somebody in their family that's battling addiction of some sort of something. And so out of that issue, um, you know, the social workers that I talk to, I always ask them the same question. What percentage of kids that you deal with are coming out of addiction-related issues? And I've never had anybody say less than 90%. So that's just in our area. Of course, I don't know what's going on everywhere else, but just the folks that I talk to. So, so that's they're everywhere. They're, they're literally children everywhere um, in our communities that, that are bringing, being brought into this system, the state system. And I believe the answer is people of faith who love the Lord, who have a heart to do his work and his will to step into that role and to, to offer care for these kids. To add to that, if you're a Christian family that is strongly considering foster care or adoption, share that with your pastor so that he can pray with you about that. There's a family in the church where I serve that they fostered two children, and then the adoption day came, and I got to be at the courthouse with them and give the kids high fives as, Man, as they were then adopted. And as a pastor, that is one of the coolest things I've done. And so that's a really good thing to do. So share that so others can join with you and pray. My last question, David, that I've got for him is how can churches, ministers, Christians, anyone help someone who is going, who is fostering children or going through that process? And you can be general. You don't have to yeah. say well, personal I, needs, but just very general <laughs> yeah, needs. And I would, I would just say, you know, the Lord, the Lord furthers his kingdom through the local church. And so, in our experience, our local church has been amazing. Our local church has, like I said, if there, you know, we have a, a one lady that if we get a placement, she doesn't, she just sends Elizabeth a text and says, tell me their sizes. And she will, it, it'll be brand new clothes that she's bought from like Children's Place or something. And it'll all come in at like two or three days, socks and underwear. And she, and she that's just, amen. <laughs> so we're thankful yeah, for that. And so, and then, you know, we have other folks that will say, hey, um, you guys, they just say, you guys are tired. And I was like, amen. <laughs> we want to take the kids or some of the kids for an afternoon. If you know anybody that's in the foster care world, everybody could use a little bit of a break. And so just, just taking the kids for a fun night, letting the, the, the couple have some time. But then, you know, there, there's always ways that, that we can give, whether it be to um, people that are involved in the process, whether it's ministries that support uh, adoption care. Uh, like I said, when we were in the process of adoption, we we benefited greatly from grants from different Christian organizations that that support to help just take some of the cost away from those that are trying to do what God calls them to do. So, um, but I would just say get involved in your local church and see first of all is there anybody in your local church that's adopting or fostering or whatever. Get with your pastor and you guys make a plan of how do we do orphan care. Like I know. Um, and some churches, uh, a friend of mine was telling me this the other day, that their church has started a line item budget that they put in money every year to assist families that are adopting. And so, you know, if it's, say, this, these folks are going to China or these folks are going to Ukraine or whatever, and so there's funds there from their church family that they say, we want to bless you guys. We want to help you guys do what God's called you to do. And so it's, it's a great idea. So there's just tons of ways, um, but the biggest thing is, be active in your local church. Talk to the people in your local church and, and see, okay, who's doing something here for foster care or for adoption and how can we help them? 
Well, Thomas, this conversation with our pastor brother, Wes, has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Wes, thank you and your family for doing the work of the Lord and caring for widows and caring for orphans. And this has been so good. And for our listeners, we would love to challenge you to honestly pray about what God's will is for you concerning foster care and adoption, because we three guys, we have been fostered by the spirit and we have been adopted as sons. Join us again for our next Ministry Marks podcast.